The Lance Wall Now Show is coming at you live from the master himself, with a special broadcast taken from one of Lance's most recent appearances. Tune in and get ready for some major revelation. The important thing isn't, in this political year, let me go right to the jugular. The important thing isn't to avoid controversy. The important thing is to be controversial for the right reasons. So uh, otherwise, because uh, there's, a, there's a spirit that I'm running into over churches, which is uh, understandable. And it's avoiding things that are controversial in the misguided thought that somehow you're going to advance the kingdom of God and be liked by everybody. You're not going to be liked by everybody. Jesus never said you're going to be liked by everybody. You just don't want to be unliked for the wrong reasons. You can judge a person by the quality of enemy they have. If the devil doesn't like you, you must be doing something right. And the church should be the one place where we, I mean, it's, it's delicate, I admit. It's delicate. Sometimes I start saying things and I wonder what I'm getting myself into. I remember when I first met, oh no, let me tell you this story first. I go to Germany, Wiesbaden, Germany, and it's a wild worship service. This anointing was so strong here today. It was a wild worship service. Oh, boy. And uh, they have signs and wonders. But I was feeling that the Lord said, break the stronghold over the nation. I thought, well, in an atmosphere like this, anything's possible. Then the Lord said, there is a name above every name. It's the name of Jesus. I said, yes, Lord. But not in Germany. There is a name more powerful than the name of Jesus over the nation. And I want you to break it. I said, absolutely, Lord. The name is Hitler. Ooh, you hear that? Ooh. And you're in the United States. Imagine what was going to happen there. I go, oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Give me like, Jezebel or Beelzebub or something else. Baal will come against Baal. Nobody even knows what it is. Lord says, you will do what I tell you to do. You're going to break the spirit of intimidation off the nation. So I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm noticing they have no flags in the sanctuary. See over there, you got a little American flag there. Is that, what is that, Christian flag? I never, I never quite know what those are. I got to figure out what they look like but they have no flags. I leaned over to the signs and wonders, radical apostolic pastor that loves signs and wonders and preaching strong and everything, casting out demons. I said, Andreas, you don't have any flags. Oh, no, 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 no. Ever since, this is my confirmation, ever since Hitler, the church is afraid of any symbol of patriotism because we're deathly afraid we will slip back into nationalism that will result in another extremism. I said, aha. So I got up there on the platform, <laughs> thousands of people. I said, I am coming to you with a special assignment. I am a Jew sent from America. 
Now, actually, I'm only like 20% Jew, but I was working it. A German Jew from my father's side, a long line of rabbis, which is true. And I come here to tell you that there is a name that is seeking to exalt itself over the name of Jesus, and we will break it. They're all like, you know, Vikings, ready to fight. And that name is Hitler. You can hear everybody's rear end go, like that. I thought, oh, dear God, what am I getting myself into? And I said, the fact that you just felt that anxiety enter the room shows you the power of that name. And what it's doing is it's robbing Jesus of his glory because Germany is called to be a strong nation for Jesus. The great missionary movements have been spawned of Germany. I said, let's admit it. You're the only country that ever picked a fight with the whole world twice. <laughs> and almost won both times. You are a militant people, but you've been emasculated because a demonized person took that potential and perverted it for his own ends, and that was Hitler. And you're ashamed to have even a flag? And therefore, Jesus wants nations for his inheritance, but you can't give him Germany because you're ashamed of your history. It's time we broke that off of you, and this Jew is gonna do it now. Oh, the Holy Ghost was there. But now how to do it? I bind the spirit of, like, this wouldn't would be appropriate. So I said, we're going to move as one against that spirit. And I'll tell you something, this is such a weird moment in my life. I said, that they may be one as we are one. Jesus said he was going to release a unity on the body of Christ that was going to galvanize the body of Christ in alignment with the angelic hosts of heaven. The armies of heaven are coming down in Germany to break your history and the trauma off of the church so the church can lead the nation. And we will do it as one. Heaven is in agreement with this moment. Are you in agreement with heaven? Yes, we are. Stand on your feet. I have them standing on their feet. Put your right hand up in the air. On the count of three, we will say as one. And you will release that redeemed, militant spirit that is on the inside of you for the purpose of advancing an army against the gates of hell. See, I'm calling forth their spiritual inheritance. And Germans are like that way. They're like a militant, get the trains running on time thing. How many know what I'm talking about? There's a thing called the redemptive gifts of nations. Some nations are prophetic nations. Some nations are, are ruler nations. It's, it's an interesting subject. I have it in my book. You should really read this. God gives nations gifts that will glorify Jesus. I had them stand up on the count of three. One, two, three, as one. Boom. They all go as one. And I kid you not, when they said as one, in agreement with breaking the Hitler trauma off the country and releasing a new national identity, it was so militant, 
so strong. I've done this how many hundreds of times in hundreds of nations. And I will tell you right now, it scared me when I heard it. I went, Phew. Normally, I make people do it twice because they're reluctant to do it strong the first time. But uh, when they did it, it broke something off the nation. You know, there are stories in the Bible that are actually so amazing. Imagine if God gave you a dream and he said to you, ask me anything that you wish and I'll give it to you. Well, that actually happened. Solomon asked for wisdom and God gave him wisdom. Suppose God was to ask you if you wanted the ability to open up heaven with your prayer life so that you could come up into this very presence and see his plan and his purpose and his detailed blueprint for what you're called to do. And then suppose God added to that and said, and I'm gonna give you the power over every demon and earthly circumstance that gets in your way when you want to administrate that vision. I'm gonna give you kingly power and priestly access to the throne of God at the same time. That's the end time move of God, folks. It's called the Melchizedek spirit. Jesus comes to us, the Bible says, in a new order. It's called the order of Melchizedek. We've seldom seen it manifest in the church, but it's showing up now where God is giving to his people the royal priesthood authorization to be able to see what heaven wants to do, pray prevailing prayers, and administrate that prayer right over the works of hell. We're seeing amazing answers to prayer. We're seeing new testimonies happen every day. I want you to get this special teaching. LanceWallet.com forward slash Mel. That's short for Melchizedek. LanceWallet.com forward slash Mel. You don't want to miss it. This is fresh revelation, hot off the press. Here's a hilarious thing. Oh, this is funny. So I'm up in Pennsylvania, about a couple of miles away from Gettysburg, and uh, Doug Mastriano is a Christian running for governor, and uh, somebody on his team said, would you please come up, because a lot of people love you up here. Would you come up and just say five minutes or 10 minutes, we're gonna be at, near, at Gettysburg. I said, you know what's interesting about Gettysburg? At Gettysburg, it was the second day of the Civil War in the United States. It was the decisive battle that would determine if the North was winning or losing. Lincoln was up for re-election. They had had a very bad track record in the North. They weren't winning. And the South couldn't keep up with the North's industrial capacity or its population. But if they kept winning, the will to fight was getting lost in the North. Now, slavery had become the prominent issue that, that they discovered in the North was actually the driving issue that ultimately defined the highest level of aspiration for what the fight was all about. But even that would fail if they couldn't win in Gettysburg. On the second day of the Battle of Gettysburg, the whole battle hinged on a little location. And I say this to churches that are seemingly off the pathway here in like warehouse land in the industrial complex. And I say, uh, you're like Little Round Top. Little Round Top was this one little location that nobody thought the battle would be decisive in. In fact, they had a little mountain with flag wavers on it, almost like banners. And they were signaling to the army what they were seeing. Oh, look, they're moving over here, they're moving over there. The South looked at that little mountain at the left hinge of the Union line. And suddenly, they got, it was like a word of knowledge they realized if they moved all their forces to the flank and took that mountain, they could load artillery up on that mountain and mow down the entire Union line, defenseless. As the South begins to maneuver to take the flag place with the banner people, 
a guy by the name of Strong Vincent, uh, 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 like a major, gets the word of knowledge at the same time. And he gets his thought. Like, like, the, like, the, like an angel said to him, there. And he looks. And he realizes, we don't even have any soldiers on that little mountain. And then he tells, uh, he tells a, 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 a battery guy with a cannon, he says, fire into the woods over there. And he shot into the woods, and all of a sudden, all these bronze and uh, copper um, breastplates turned in this direction, and the sun hit them, and he could see an entire regiment hidden in the woods. He said, my God, and he put it together. They're going to hit that, and he could see the future. He said, once we lose that, the entire Union line will be mowed down. We will fall back to protect Washington, Lee will go to Pennsylvania and take Harrisburg, and the war will be over. He saw the future. And so he intercepts a young uh, group of uh, soldiers who were being deployed. He said, don't go anywhere. Go to that hill. And so he starts redirecting, countermanding orders, actually, that were higher because he had insight. Well, the point is they go rushing to the Union left, they run, as they're coming up there, a Christian from the 20th Maine named Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain, a born-again Christian who was a professor who felt that the cause of slavery was worth him laying down his life. That was his motive, regardless of what history wants to tell you. There were people that were motivated by that. He went there. Now, all of a sudden, he's kind of a novice, and he's thrust into a little round top with the 20th Maine. He's got his men showing up. They show up at exactly the moment when an Alabama regiment is coming over the top. The moment they were about to lose the most vulnerable position, he shows up, and he does, he's pretty much inexperienced. He throws himself, and they repulse that first wave. Now everybody at Gettysburg that's informed realizes the action is down there. So what does the South do? They engage the Union everywhere so they couldn't reinforce the left. That left a remnant to decide the fate of the battle on Little Round Top. Three times the South came up, three times 20th Maine and a couple of other divisions repulsed them. The fourth time, Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain praying, desperate that he doesn't blow it for the future of the United States. Here's the word he doesn't want to hear, Colonel, we're out of bullets. He says, what? We're out of bullets. He goes, shh. He goes, oh my God. We can't retreat or we lose the war and we lose the fight for abolition. We can't hold. We don't have any bullets. What do I do? The Lord gives him a word of knowledge. This is history, like you've never heard it. Tell them to charge. Charge? Yes. You're out of bullets. Fix bayonets. But you need to do it in such unity that it overpowers the momentum of the South. Tell them, fix bayonets. And they're to swing around, because now they're like at the top of a, a round structure, like they're round top, right? So they're, they're wrapping themselves around, almost in a semicircle. He said, have the left 
swing down the hill. And the moment you see that you're aligned, left to right, charge down as one. At that moment, Joshua says the word, bayonets, bayonets, they fix bayonets. Let the hinge come around that's behind us. As soon as it's lined up, we will sweep the mountain. So the final assault comes up. Colonel Loads from the Alabama Regiment with the Texas Regiment comes up, ready to take Little Round Top. And at that moment, they see this storm coming down the hill. And because of the way it's designed, the soldiers that are over here on the left are sweeping this way, and they see a whole regiment coming. They thought another battalion just joined the Union line from their side. They didn't realize it was the guys on top of the hill that had no bullets. So they retreat or they surrender. And by the time that the mountain gets swept and the Confederate advance is disheveled and the prisoners are being taken and the word gets out, they're out of bullets. Somehow, you know, it got out. They're out of ammunition. It was too late for the South to be able to go back and retake the mountain because it was being reinforced now from every division was sending troops there. They lost their opportunity because a small group of people in an unexpected location moved in extraordinary unity and altered the course of history from a little place to the nation. So I'm, I'm standing near Gettysburg. It's like July 4th. We're heading to July 3rd. It was, July, it was right before July 4th. I was literally there on the day, July 3rd, by the way, is when this happened. And I'm saying, it's interesting you have a colonel here who is a Christian from Pennsylvania, just a mile or two from Little Round Top. And he is moving for public office. And I want to remind you of something about history. And I told him the story. I said, stand up. Put your right hand up in the air. And bring it down and say, as one. And we did it. As one. And the BBC and the New York Times and the Washington Post took a picture of me with my hand like that. <laughs> and then put on Twitter and in the magazines, Lance Wallnow, Christian nationalist, leads audience in Nazi salute. repeated by Rob Reiner and the left for like two million views of clicks on Twitter alone of me going like that. It was like a Seinfeld episode. Lance Wallnow, dangerous Christian nationalist, leads Nazi salute. That was when I realized, what can I do? So you're entering into a, a pivotal year. What I'm saying is, people are gonna be all nervous about divisive issues. John Maxwell just came out with a disastrous piece of advice. And I'm telling you this because I'm gonna be on Charlie Kirk tomorrow and I'm gonna tell the whole country. John Maxwell, who has paid a lot of money to be a keynote. I know, I brought him in to business organizations. He's decided to tell churches that in this pivotal year, that could very well be our little round top. The churches and the pastors and the Christians should avoid all involvement with the political debate, not show up, not be involved, stay away from it, and rather than be involved in the issues, focus on evangelism. Well, of course, 
Everybody wants to focus on church growth. What pastor doesn't want to grow their church? And what pastor doesn't want to avoid controversy? So that's the wrong advice. What we really need is to have the courage to know what hill is worth dying on and what cannot be compromised. And if you try to avoid it, if you try to dance around it, you're like the Germans in Germany who are under the power of a principality that the church can break but doesn't break because it won't take it on. So here's, so how do you navigate around these, these uh, the cultural uh, landmines? Well, you gotta know what hill's worth dying on. So for instance, the uh, transgender movement. Maxwell would tell you, don't discuss those controversial political subjects. So what are you gonna do? You gotta avoid every controversial subject? What is the purpose of the church if it isn't to be a restraining force against the works of hell? So I've noticed that a lot of what we've got now is a lot of mama bears arising up. You know why? Because women have a serotonin, chemical, bonded, God-created design in them that has them protect their children. Up to a certain age, the mama bear will lay down her life for the cubs. And it's not the papa bear, it's the mama bear that instinctively will go for your jugular if you mess with their little boy or girl. Well, once they've discovered in the American school system that by the age of 10, 11, or 12 in many states, you've got LGBTQ activist organizations that already have funding to come into the school in the art classes and places like that where they are evangelizing your sons and daughters at the vulnerable age of 11 to question if they have a male soul in a female body or a female soul in a male body and support it as though if they can admit it, they're making progress and should be celebrated. You're creating an incentive for kids to be confused about their identity. Now, I wouldn't have known this except it was mothers who aren't even political who are rescuing their boys and girls from suicidal preoccupation with needing to change their gender, who intervened, who got involved with the fight and started challenging the school system for how it got in during an art class called Skittles. So, and I, I turn, I, talk, I interview these women because I do, I do uh, media. I interview them and I go, so how did, were you a conservative, you a Christian? No, they weren't even Christians. They weren't conservatives, they were Democrats. They were independents. They were politically agnostic. They got involved with politics because the devil was going after their children. So you see, that's a hill worth fighting on. Don't back up and just allow the system to come in and indoctrinate your little boy and girl. You wouldn't let a pedophile into your house? Don't let intellectual pedophiles molest your child's identity. So, now granted, this will not be a typical sermon series on Sunday morning. But this explains the weakness of the church in America, is that we should first identify where the little round top issues are that the church ought to be able to address. And then admittedly, we should figure out how do we do it? Because, I mean, you could detonate that bomb the wrong way. It could blow up. But at the same time, we're called to be courageous and deal with the issues. We need to be able to take the devil on where the devil is taking the nation down. Does that make sense?
Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back. The my pillow guy. And you're looking good. He's still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever, my pillow 2.0. <gasps> when I invented my pillow, it had everything you'd ever want in a pillow. Well, now there's new technology that makes it even better. My Pillow 2.0 has my patented fill combined with a cooling fabric with temperature regulating thread. My Pillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of My Pillow. Now's the time to go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use the promo code to save 50% on your My Pillow 2.0. Not only that, for a limited time your entire order ships absolutely free. You're sleeping even better and cooler too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. MyPillow.com Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code Lance to save big on all of Mike's best products. That's promo code Lance. Did you enjoy this latest episode? Please remember to share it with your friends. Because the more knowledge you have, the better equipped you are to navigate the world.